At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. The suspect has been identified as 42-year-old David DePepe. Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePepe were transported to a local hospital for treatment. This is an active investigation currently being led by the San Francisco Police Department Special Investigations Division. We are working closely with our partners from the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Capitol Police, and our District Attorney here in San Francisco County, uh, D.A. Brooke Jenkins and her team. The motive for this attack is still being determined. Mr. DePepe will be booked at the San Francisco County Jail on the following charges. Attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, burglary, and several, several other additional felonies. I'm sorry, Nancy Pelosi. I am so sorry that another human came into your house and assaulted your husband. I'm so sorry about that. It's unacceptable. You chose to run in office to be a public servant, but what you did not sign up to do is to be harassed, is to be almost killed on January 6th, is to have your husband now violently assaulted. For what? Because these people think that you stole the election and that you took it away from Donald Trump himself? Y'all are in a cult. And when people say we're not in a civil war, wake the fuck up. Somebody today just went to the Speaker of the House's home and assaulted their husband. That's it, facts. And the person's social media had it all on blast that January 6th was okay, election was rigged, and this is not healthy. We are not, we are not trying to reach across the aisle right now and play bipartisan and all we, no. If you are currently running for office or you are an elected official who has nothing to lose right now, denounce this shit. Denounce this shit now, whatever political party you are, or you are no moderate. You are as extreme as the person that just went in and hurt him. Shame on every last one of you. I'm so sorry, Nancy Pelosi. You call me out upon 
Savior, speak. 
pick a minute here. All right, so we all know Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, is in the hospital. He was attacked with a hammer. It wasn't really quite a home invasion. I guess apparently the guy was a far-right nut job and went in with a hammer through the back patio and asked, where's Nancy? And she wasn't there. Paul was there, and Paul got the brunt. Like, literally, Paul's in the hospital in surgery right now. Ooh, I hope he's okay. He's 82! For Christ's sakes! And I'm not a conspiracy theorist here, but take a look at this. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted, just wait until tomorrow. Say what, Marge? Wait until tomorrow? Modern Problems, the podcast heard around the world. Yeah! Hustle etwas Zeit für mich. Ein Singer, ich ein Lied für dich. Vom 99 Luftballons. Auf ihrem Weg zum Horizont. Hmm. Since you couldn't remember anything about January 6th, you think you remember something about today? Is there something to do with it? Did you know? What's happening here? Something's happening.
90 Jahre Ließen keinen Platz für Sieger und Kriegsminister gibt's nicht mehr. Und heute zieh ich meine rum und ich seh die Welt noch nicht in Trümmern liegen und ich hab einen Luftballon gefunden und ich denk an euch und uns und alle Menschen in der Welt. Und wir lassen ihn fliegen. If you're planning on hitting the streets this Halloween weekend, check your local forecast to make sure the weather won't spook your plans. While most of the country should be pretty fright-free, there are some pockets of slightly scarier skies in the Pacific Northwest and in the Deep South. Here's what else you need to know to get up to speed and on with your day. The U.S. military is test-launching rockets with experiments for hypersonic weapons development. This comes after the military completed a successful test launch Wednesday to collect information on components of hypersonic missiles, including heat-resistant materials and high-end electronics. The Pentagon has made the development of hypersonic weapons one of its top priorities after China conducted successful hypersonic launches last year, and Russia has begun using hypersonic missiles in its war on Ukraine. Hypersonic weapons travel at speeds greater than Mark 5, or at approximately 4,000 miles per hour, making them difficult to detect and intercept on time. The missiles can also maneuver in very altitude, allowing them to evade missile defense systems. Separately, Biden administration officials on Wednesday said that Russian President Vladimir Putin has been warned of the potential for dire consequences if Moscow uses a nuclear weapon to attack Ukraine. Former President Donald Trump has announced a Florida rally that will prominently feature Senator Marco Rubio, but will notably exclude Governor Ron DeSantis, even though he's currently running for re-election in the state. The rally comes as the relationship between Trump and DeSantis, once allies, has grown distance ahead of the possible presidential showdown in 2024. Trump is also annoyed that DeSantis has not said he wouldn't run in 2024 if the former president entered the race. Meanwhile, Trump has been accelerating his plans for another presidential bid with current campaign stops in Nevada, Ohio, Arizona, and Michigan. He also spending the rest of 2022 preparing his political operation, including assembling his campaign leadership, hatching plans for his remaining midterm rallies, and searching for a venue from which he can launch his perceived political comeback. I suggest Moscow. The United States has imposed a slew of new sanctions against Iranian officials involved in the ongoing crackdown on the nationwide protests in Iran. The Biden administration's punitive measures on Iran come as the U.S. and Europe work together to counter Iran and Russia's growing cooperation on the war in Ukraine. Russian forces have in recent weeks plummeted Ukrainian cities with Iranian drones. State Department Principal Deputy Spokesperson Badin Patel said last week that the deepening of relations between Russia and Iran should be seen as a profound threat. Separately, CNN has obtained exclusive visual evidence surrounding the death of Iranian teenager Nakika Shakamari, a 16-year-old protester who was found dead in Tehran last month. The Iranian government said she died after falling from a building's roof but video and testimony are raising fresh questions about officials' claims. A diver has found more human remains in Lake Mead. 
marking at least the sixth such discovery this year. The National Park Service confirmed the findings of human skeletal remains after the diver discovered what appeared to be a human bone on October 17th. The latest findings come as the water level of the massive lake continues to drop due to a prolonged drought. Declining water levels at the lake have also uncovered relics including sunken boats, a World War II-era landing craft, and an ancient volcanic rock. Lake Mead, which straddles the Nevada-Arizona border, is the nation's largest reservoir and serves about 25 million people in Arizona, Nevada, California, and Mexico. Ford and Volkswagen, two of the world's largest automakers, are shutting down their joint effort to develop self-driving cars. Ford said Wednesday that it had concluded that the large-scale profitability commercialization of self-driving cars was further out than expected, and therefore it would take a $2.7 billion hit to walk away from the startup Argo AI. The company said that it's still optimistic about the future of fully self-driving cars, but added the profitability fully autonomous vehicles at scale were a long way off. Instead of having Argo develop self-driving car technology for cars without steering wheels, brakes, or accelerator pads, Ford said it will instead focus on simpler driver assist technologies that have proven easier to develop and to bring to market. Today is the 29th of October, 2022. From the Plush Anchor Studios, powered by Spotify, you're listening to Modern Problems, the podcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Benson. With only 10 days before the midterm elections and just two days before Halloween, our most frightening story is now the complete collapse of judicial ethics at the U.S. Supreme Court. Just after overturning Roe v. Wade, I spoke of the complete compromise of the Supreme Court. Now the complete and utter corruption of the highest court in the land was illustrated by the most publicly corrupt court justice in history, Justice Clarence Thomas. The Supreme Court justice violated the law in view of the whole world to see, and the degradation of the Supreme Court in the Trump era is so complete and has so fully infected most of the news media that what Clarence Thomas did this week is mostly being reported as business as usual at the U.S. Supreme Court. Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Tribe, who he himself is one of the most accomplished Supreme Court practitioners in history, has stated the case against Clarence Thomas, saying Justice Thomas violated 28 U.S.C. 455, requiring any justice to recuse when his or her impartiality might be reasonably questioned or his or her spouse is known by the justice to have an interest that could substantially be affected by the outcome. Because the only federal judges who are not covered by the Judicial Code of Ethics are the nine members of the U.S. Supreme Court, it is commonly assumed that it's completely up to the Supreme Court justice whether to recuse from a case. But there is a federal law, as Professional Tribe pointed out, that does require, require the recusal of the Supreme Court justice when the spouse is known to have an interest in the outcome of a case. We all know Clarence Thomas's spouse has an interest in the outcome of the criminal investigation of Donald Trump in Georgia by Fulton County Justice Attorney Fannie Willis. Many Trump associates fought subpoenas issued by the Fulton County Grand Jury, and they have lost those fights and have been forced to testify before the grand jury, including Trump's election lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who has already testified before the jury. Certainly, Lindsey Graham is fighting his subpoena to the grand jury and has lost his argument in the first two stages 
of the federal case that he brought to block that subpoena. The federal district court ruled against Lindsey Graham. And then a three-judge panel of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously ruled against Lindsey Graham. And two of those three judges unanimously ruling against Lindsey Graham were Trump appointees to the appeals court. And then Lindsey Graham filed an emergency appeal to the United States Supreme Court, knowing, knowing that the Supreme Court justice assigned to handle emergency appeals from the 11th Circuit is Clarence Thomas. Thomas should have immediately recused himself from that case, but he did not. And Clarence Thomas became the first federal judge in the case to rule in favor of Senator Lindsey, Lindsey Graham, knowing that Senator Lindsey Graham's testimony to the grand jury could include possible questions about Clarence Thomas's wife. And wouldn't it be reasonable to ask Lindsey Graham who he communicated with about the results of the 2020 presidential election? In the court following, Fannie Wilson has made clear that she wants to ask Lindsey Graham about his phone call to Georgia's Secretary of State asking him about the presidential election in Georgia? Isn't it reasonable to ask Lindsey Graham whether he spoke to Donald Trump before or after Donald Trump's call to Georgia's Secretary of State, the phone call heard around the world? I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Look. We need only 11,000 votes. We have far more than that as it stands now. We'll have more and more. So what are we gonna do here, folks? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. One of the people who was listening out on the Trump side of that phone call was a Washington attorney named Cletus Mitchell. Cletus Mitchell is one of the people who Clarence Thomas's wife mentioned to Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in her repeated text to Mark Meadows about trying to overturn the results of the presidential election. Cletus Mitchell is a witness, a potential witness in the Georgia investigation that Lindsey Graham has now brought to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court Justice's wife was throwing around the name Cletus Mitchell and her text to the White House Chief of Staff. And that Supreme Court Justice doesn't think that gives his wife an interest, a legal interest in the case that the Supreme Court justice decided to rule on last week. Clarence Thomas granted Lindsey Graham's request to block his testimony, temporarily at least, block his testimony to a grand jury until his full appeal could be heard by the Supreme Court. And it gets worse. The lawyer who filed Lindsey Graham's appeal to the Supreme Court put two of the justices currently serving on the court in their current jobs. Lindsey Graham's lawyer, Representing him now at the Supreme Court is the first Trump White House counsel, Don McCain, who ran the process that chose Donald Trump's first two Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Those two Supreme Court justices, Don McCain, gave them their jobs. They should be recusing themselves as well. Now, most judges can overcome these apparent conflicts of interest and the application of the law. And that might still happen in this case. The Supreme Court might ultimately rule against Lindsey Graham. Clarence Thomas might ultimately rule against Lindsey Graham. But that doesn't change the fact that Clarence Thomas has violated a perfectly reasonable law by participating in this case. A case in which his spouse, quote, is known by the justice to have an interest that could be substantially affected by the outcome by not recusing in this case. 
No matter how the case turns out, Clarence Thomas has disgraced himself and the United States Supreme Court once again. Remember, the issue of recusal is not about the judge's actual or real inability to be fair. The issue of recusal turns on our perception, a reasonable person's perception of the judge's potential conflict of interest. And this is full of that for three justices at the current Supreme Court, all of whom should be recused in the case, none of whom will recuse in the case. Not unlike Trump's and the other criminal investigations retargeting Donald Trump, the New York Times is reporting that the prosecutors are focusing on two witnesses, one of whom, who was seen on video actually moving boxes of documents at Donald Trump's Florida residence himself. The Times reported security camera footage obtained by investigators show Walt Nolta moving boxes out of the storage area at Mar-a-Lago, raising questions about whether they were moved at Mr. Trump's behest to conceal them from authorities or Mr. Trump's own lawyers who were dealing with the demands that he return the documents. Prosecutors have indicated that they are skeptical of the initial account Mr. Moda gave investigators about moving the documents stored at Mar-a-Lago and are using a specter of charges against him for misleading investigators to persuade him to sit again for questioning, according to two people briefed on the matter. The other witness, under pressure from federal investigators, is Cash Patel, who was officially designated by Donald Trump just this year as one of his official representatives in dealing with presidential records. The Times reports that Mr. Patel refused to answer many questions this month before the grand jury in Washington, hearing evidence about Mr. Trump's handling of the documents, citing his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination. According to a person briefed in the matter, the Washington Post has reported more than the contents of the documents, and in the investigation, at least one of the documents seized by the FBI describes Iran's missile program, according to those people who spoke on the condition of ammunity to describe an ongoing investigation. Other documents described highly sensitive intelligent works aimed at China. Unauthorized disclosures of specific information in this document would pose multiple risks. Experts say people aiding the U.S. intelligent efforts could be endangered and the collection methods could be compromised. My name is Shauna. My daughter, Ellie, is a patient at St. Jude. You know, when we got here, she says, Mom, I don't want to be a cancer person. So I just sat there and healed her and just told her it was going to be okay. St. Jude is leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Thanks to your support, St. Jude can focus on treatment and research. St. Jude creates more clinical trials for cancer than any other children's hospital and turns laboratory discoveries into life-saving treatments to benefit patients. St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. What is your passion? Cooking, photography, sports? Whatever it is, the easiest way to tell us is by starting a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. 
You live a busy life. The last thing you want to have to worry about is your birth control pill. That's why we're introducing Orthoestrin, a new low-dose daily birth control pill with little to no side effects. Ask your doctor if birth control is right for you. Then ask your boss if birth control is right for you. Ask your boss to ask his priest. Find a boy scout and see what he thinks. Tap a mailman on the shoulder. Sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. Up. Tell him you didn't mean to startle him. Then ask him if birth control is right for you. Put it online and see how many likes it gets. Ask an old black man and an Asian boy playing chess in the park. Then ask them how they became friends because there has just got to be a story there. I'm trying to get birth control. And ask someone who just got one of those cochlear implants and is hearing for the very first time. Yeah, but can I get birth control? Ask Jeeves. I'm supposed to ask you too. Ask your mom's new boyfriend. Then ask the Supreme Court. Finally, ask yourself why you insist on having sex for fun. Hey, no refills? I have to go through all this again next month? Yeah. Yep. See you then. Can I have a gun? Yep. Remember, that's your right. You know, being native, I'd love to find me a nice brown, long, braided, indigenous man. Keep that blood strong. But there'll always be that one white boy. I buy a food truck, I park it next to Chick-fil-A, and sell chicken sandwiches on Sundays. I'll call it Side Chick. He's the manager of Banana Republic, unlike our president, knows where he is. Oh my God. Look, I'm not going to blame the average American for not knowing what a Banana Republic is. You got to be kind of a nerd to use that phrase regularly. I am, however, going to blame a literal politician who thinks that when people talk about Banana Republics, they're talking about the clothing store. It wasn't a raid. It was just a normal FBI tourist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a great joke. But I need you to stop anyway. You'll have fun, and you might learn something. Modern Problems, a podcast with me. Don't get bamboozled and fall for the okey-doke. The nothing that you say matters. I need you to get off your couch and vote. Put down your phone and give TikTok a rest and vote. Dreaming, and I heard you say, Oh, Johnny, when you know my name, Johnny Benson, Modern Problems, the podcast heard around the I'm 
wait, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe that there's a nightmare on my street. If I remember it right And we had just gotten back off tour last night So the gang and I thought that it would be groovy If we summon up the posse and dumb rush the movies I got Angie, Jeff got Tina Ready Rock got some girl I've never seen in my life That was alright though cause the lady was chill Then we dipped to the theater set to ill Buggin' Cole having a ball and something about Elm Street was the movie we saw The way it started was decent, you know Nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred And this girl named Nancy But word when it was over, I said, yo, that was death And everything seemed alright when we left But when I got home and laid down to sleep That began the nightmare on my street my room like an oven my bed so was sweating man i was bugging i checked the clock it had stopped at 12 30 it had melted it was so darn hot and i was thirsty i wanted something cool to quench my thirst i thought to myself yo this heat is the worst but when i got downstairs i noticed something was wrong i was home all alone but the tv was on i thought nothing of it as i grabbed the remote i pushed the power button and then i almost choked when i heard this awful voice coming from behind it said Man, I ain't even wait to see who it was Broke outside in my drawers and screamed so long Cause got halfway up the block I calmed down and stopped screaming Then thought, oh I get it, I must be dreaming I strolled back home with a grin on my grill I figured since this is a dream, I might as well get ill I walked in the house, the big bad fresh prince But Freddy killed all that noise real quick He grabbed me by my neck and said Here's what we'll do Got a lot of work here, me and you. The souls of your friends, you and I will claim. You've got the body, and I got the brain. I said, Yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burned. Fred got mad and his head started steaming. But I thought, What the hell? I'm only dreaming. I said, Please leave, Fred, so I can get some sleep. Give me a call, and maybe we'll hang out next week. I pat him on the shoulder, said thanks for stopping by. Then I opened up the door and said, take care, guy. He got mad, drew back his arm, and slashed my shirt. I laughed at first and thought, hold up, that hurt. It wasn't a dream, man. This guy was for real. I said, Freddy, uh, how it's been an awful mistake here. No further words, and then I darted upstairs. Crashed through my door, then jumped on my bed. Pulled the covers up over my head, said, oh, please do something with Fred. He jumped on my bed, went through the covers with his claws, tried to get me. But my alarm went off and then silence. It was a whole new day, I thought. <laughs> I wasn't scared of him anyway, until I noticed those rips in my sheets, and that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street. Come 
Yes, man. Jeff, wake up. Jeff, wake up. What do you want? Jeff, wake up, man. Listen to me, Jeff. It's 3 o'clock Jeff, in the morning. Listen, Jeff, you would want? you listen to me? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Man. Jeff, listen to me. No, don't no. go to I sleep. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Jeff, I'm going Jeff. to Penn State invited the Proud Boys founder on campus. Racist on campus. Fascist and racist. It didn't go well. Proud Boys founder Gavin McGinnis and professional troll Alex Stein were invited to Penn State for a comedy event on Monday night. The university condemned the men as vitriol and hateful, but said they were obligated to host them because of the First Amendment. Students showed up to protest, and Stein paced back and forth through the protesters for 20 minutes. He was yelled at and spit on by protesters. Cops in riot gear arrived on the scene, and officers on horseback forced the crowd away from the campus entrance. Meanwhile, a group of far-right agitators pepper-sprayed the students and the media. Penn State eventually canceled the event, but not until the protesters and the Proud Boys started clashing. Penn State President Neely Bendapudi seemed to blame the student protesters for the unrest, saying in a statement that they furthered the visibility of the very cause that they opposed. sometimes forgets even the most horrifying events until someone comes along and sheds light on the truth. Tonight, Steve Hartman's on the road with a high schooler who's done just that. I've never seen anything quite like it. Girl steps to a podium. Hi, everyone. Says her name. I'm Sophie Kloffenberg. And without uttering another word, gets an ovation. A standing ovation. So what did 17-year-old Sophie Kloppenberg do to deserve such respect here in Posey County, Indiana? She rectified an injustice, 144 years in the making. In 1878, after a rape allegation, seven black men were lynched here. Four of them hung directly outside the same county courthouse they never got to set foot in. It was the largest lynching in state history, and yet the whole incident had been largely forgotten until Sophie heard about it. She started at the courthouse, looking for a plaque or any mention whatsoever. Nothing on that courthouse square and no public acknowledgement of what happened. Maybe people didn't want to remember. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people don't want to remember because it's hard to remember tough things, but it's unacceptable to just forget. It's also unrealistic to expect others to care as much about the issue as she did. Posey County is more than 95% white. Erecting a reminder to a racist past wasn't exactly a high priority around here. Thank you all very much. But that didn't stop Sophie from appealing to the county commissioners. Repeatedly. How passionate was she? Very. Commission President Bill Collins. You would probably be hard-pressed to find many seniors in high school anywhere in the country that would be willing to take on something like this. Racism still exists. And Bill says still even fewer who could succeed. I'm proud of Posey County, Indiana, and the beautiful people here. We're having the difficult conversations and giving a tangible voice to its minorities. Thank you. Thanks to that diplomatic touch, this week, here in the heart of Red America, 144 years after that mob gathered in the square, another crowd formed on the very same spot. 
this time to watch Sophie unveil a memorial bench and historical marker, uh, formally acknowledging the past and celebrating the progress. Steve Hartman, on the road in Mount Vernon, Indiana. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a force in this district. Where does that power come from? Right-wing media would be my guess. Mm -hmm. I think she's been given a lot of cover by, and I won't say his name, the Orange American, our former president, mm -hmm. where it's become popular to behave badly. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to decency? Whatever happened to having honor, integrity, core values that the Army teaches? I had those values before I joined the Army. Mm -hmm. Right here, right here in the South is where I learned them. Mm -hmm. And they served me well throughout my time in service to this country on four different continents, 46 different countries. They've served me well all over the place. She doesn't share those values with me. I've had a lot of people ask me, what have the Democrats done? What's the point of keeping this party in power? In just two years, Democrats passed the biggest climate investment in history. They made it possible for the government to negotiate lower drug prices so that we're no longer the only country on the planet paying prices 10 times more than everyone else. They kept out-of-pocket health care costs for seniors at 2000 bucks a month and kept insulin costs for Medicare recipients at 35 bucks a month. They imposed a 15% corporate minimum tax on 2 billion companies that pay zero. They beefed up IRS enforcement solely to catch wealthy tax cheats. They passed the CHIPS Act to finally make semiconductor chips, which are used in everything from phones to EVs right here in the U.S. And that's already led to announcements from countless companies that are investing billions of dollars and adding tens of thousands of jobs right here in America. They passed the PAC Act to fund health care for sick veterans, for the folks who are willing to die for this country overseas. They forgave student loan debt for 43 million Americans who are just trying to get by and contending with predatory high interest rate loans. They passed the infrastructure package that's going to upgrade water pipes, roads, bridges, airports, and add EVs charging stations across the U.S. They passed the first gun safety law in three decades. That'll give states funding to pass red flag laws, domestic violent abusers from owning a gun, and expanding background checks on people between 18 and 21. They pardoned off offenses for simple marijuana possession and directed the attorney general to begin the process of taking marijuana off the list of other Schedule One drugs like heroin. They passed the American Rescue Plan. That gave us all free COVID vaccines and tests and kept our cities and states and businesses funded while everything else was shut down. And just this week, they banned banks from imposing junk fees like surprise overdraft charges. If you're looking for a party that is relentlessly focused on the working class and middle class Americans, this is it. And their actions are proof of it. So what have Republicans done for you? Well, if you're a wealthy individual or a large corporation, you got welfare for the rich in the form of tax cuts. Other than that, the Republicans, all they know how to do is lie, cheat, and steal, demonize the Democrats and people on the left. They've done nothing for the working class and middle class, and they want to install fascism while cloaking it in a veil of false patriotism. I want you to really take a moment and think about whether you really want a fascist dictator government. Ask the people of Iran how things are going for them. Ask the people of North Korea how things are going for them. Ask the people of Russia and China how are things going for them. Be careful what you wish for.
As a closing thought, I'd like to remind you that Pennsylvania is going to be one of the key races here in the midterms and for the upcoming 2024 presidential election. If you want to protect your democracy, I strongly suggest that if you're from Pennsylvania, I encourage you to vote for John Fetterman. I know, I know he's had a stroke back in March that he's recovering from, and he's unable to speak as eloquently as Mehmet Oz. But I tell you what, Mehmet Oz is a Trumper. And a vote for him is a vote for fascism. Just like a vote for Doug Mastriano is a vote for fascism. White nationalist. It's not patriotism. If you don't believe me, look at all the sentencing from the patriots that were charged with sedition during the January 6th riots and convicted and are now serving seven and a quarter years or more. There's a bunch of them. Maybe next week I'll mention them, list them by name with their sentences. Don't be fooled. There's only one way to preserve our democracy, and that's going to be a vote for John Fetterman and Josh Shapiro. And I ask that you search your conscience. Don't get caught up in the trap of uh, worrying about food prices and gas prices. There's not a real recession when corporations are making record profits. That's not inflation. That's price gouging. And the mainstream media needs to start calling it for what it is. So again, I ask you to examine your conscience and do what's right and protect our democracy come election day. It's approaching quickly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the podcast for Modern Problems. I'm Johnny Benson. And we'll see you again next week. Until next time, keep smiling. When you're smiling When you're smiling The whole world smiles with you. When you're laughing, oh, when you're laughing, the sun comes shining through. Have a great week, everybody. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain, so stop your sighing, be happy again, keep on smiling. 
Cause when you're smiling The whole world smiles with you Sign. Be happy again. Keep on smiling. Cause when you're smiling, the whole world smiles. 